Hi, my name is Sean Shaler, and this is my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek. Happy 2019. Welcome to Avatar, The Last Podcasters, where today we will be talking about episodes 17 and 18. We are very nearly close to the end of the first season. A couple of good episodes left. We thought these two merited pairing together. If only we could get to next week, or if only so we could get to next week one time mm -hmm. sooner, uh, because the season finale is a two-parter, and it's fantastic. But I don't want to sell these short. These are pretty excellent in their own right. However, first, Chris, how you doing? Doing good. I've been spending a lot of time and money on Avatar since the last time we did one of these podcasts. I like how you tried to slip money in there, like, real quiet, like your wife was listening or something. You're like, I haven't <laughs> spent a lot of time and money on Avatar. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, so yesterday... I went to my local Hot Topic, and because um, I've been and and picked up these uh, fine, which I don't know, we'll get into maybe a little bit later. These uh, Funko figures, and so I come home and like I don't even try to hide it. I'm just like, yeah, I just bought like nine Funko Pops because <laughs> they were two for one. Well, you can't <laughs> pass. You don't want to lose money on a deal like that. Exactly. But if it's two for one, I hope you either buy eight or ten. Chris, don't be don't be crazy. Um, no, literally, I bought eleven. No, that doesn't make sense. 12. Even number. Even number. There you go. I hope you bought an even yeah. number. You gotta get the best out of that deal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, hit that hot topic while it's still open because you know it's in the mall. Yeah, and... <laughs> Mall's a tough place these days, so. Yeah. Support your local. And also, I've, I've bought, yeah, I've bought uh, two new Avatar shirts, including this one that I'm wearing here. Yeah, it's a uh, Aang and and uh, Korra. Stand up just a little bit two. taller, a little bit taller. Perfect. Look at that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Christmas present to yourself. Then I bought. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of Christmas presents to myself. I I know you've been spending some time outside of Avatar on some other videos. I believe you've got one up on Bumblebee, Aquaman. Um, <laughs> help me out here. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Very good, I hear. Um, yes, yes, it's really good. Um, I think, yeah, since since we've done the last one, I think those are it. Uh, we have up our The Last Dragon versus The Princess Bride. Which has not caused the internet to break like I thought it would. But, uh, you know, yeah, there's still time. Okay. There's still time. We can break the internet with it. And I enjoyed yeah. editing. Some things break gradually. Some things break. It's a slow break. It's more of a cracking, really. And yeah. I really enjoyed <laughs> when, editing. When it catches one. on, people will see. I tried to tweet out. The thing is, I almost said I'm supposed to blame on you. I tweeted out, like, just a picture of it, of, like, last retweet for, for Princess Bride and, like, for The Last Dragon. I tagged you in it. You did not do either one. Oh, no kidding? So, do you, yeah. Am I allowed to ask if you did it within the past week? Um, I don't know when I did okay. it. It might have been more than a week ago. Well, there's no point, excuse but... because every time I check my Twitter, there's a grand total of like two notifications, and they're both from you. <laughs> so I have, no, I have no excuse. I need to go retweet for the Princess Bride so the right movie wins. Um, no, that was a lot of fun. But right now, right now it's it's two to zero. So, ah, oh, well, we got some catching up to you. Uh, it was a lot of fun to edit that one, though. It's funny just to listen back to what we said and see all the gifts and things like that. It was good fun. And then it's one of my favorite videos. So, you you have had a video 
uh, have have some success by our standards. Can you remind me what it was? It was um, <laughs> is it uh, Young Justice Young episodes? Justice. Right. Young Justice it. season three is mm-hmm. back after like six years. The fans have been like just hammering and for new Young Justice like this has been a huge fan push to get a new season. It's been six years since the last one. Um, so they finally got it back and yeah, I reviewed episode one through three of the first uh, of season three and yeah, it's done relatively well. Yeah, it looks like it. I have not watched any Young Justice and I have not watched your video, but I saw it and it looked exciting. So I'll give it a watch and probably a thumbs <laughs> up. Young Justice is an amazing show. You should definitely watch seasons one and two. Um, and then you probably won't be able to watch season three because it's only on the DC Universe app, which is like seven dollars a month, but it's only DC uh, DC content. So it's only for like really the diehard DC fans, yeah. I think. Seven dollars a month is more than I pay for my internet, so that, that may or may not be a realistic possibility. But I could watch one and two. I could probably find those on a on a Hulu or a YouTube or something. Surely, I'll give it a try. I'll see if, see where I can find them. Now that football season's over, I have way more time to watch stuff. And then, football season is not over. The good Chiefs football, are still in the playoffs. The good football season is over. And I'm a Chiefs fan, and I like the Redskins as well, but I'm a college football fan first. And uh, yeah. that title game was probably the funniest football title game, maybe the funniest football game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that was fantastic. So congratulations, Clemson. Here, I did note Last, uh, Last Dragon versus Princess Bride. A lot of fun to make. Uh, I think we've got a... A couple other ideas for sort of one-off episodes in the future that I'm pretty excited about as well. Maybe between seasons one and two, uh, we've got a couple ideas we'd like to try. (laughs) And then finally, Happy New Year. Chris, I don't believe in resolutions that well. Neither do I. And I didn't think that you did for the same reasons. uh, But I did (laughs) basically for the same reasons. But I did make one, not not resolution for New Year, but something I do need to do better. I've got to start drinking more water. (laughs) I drink... Like no water, which you only drink water. You drink water and 2% uh, milk and sometimes skim milk when I slip yes. it in and you don't notice. And I need to drink. That's never happened. That's what you think. Uh, cool. we'll, have to, we'll have Roberto verify something for me there. And then, uh, but I had to drink more water. So I did, I give, I give in, I uh, sold out. I made a New Year's resolution, but hopefully it's a new lifetime resolution. I got to drink some more water. So that's my thing. That's my New Year's spiel. Happy 2019. We lived. I wasn't sure at the beginning of 2018 if we would, but we did. So good for us. And that brings us to cleanup. It's been a long time since our last Avatar episode, but if you have cleanup from Avatar, uh, Last Dragon versus Princess Bride, any, any notes you've got to drop? Oh, one thing that in our last... Okay, no one watching this cares about the Last Dragon review, but I, care. I failed to mention... I care. ...that Bruce Lee caught a bullet with his teeth at the end of the movie we did not mention that part. like that's fair like they set it up you know with uh show saying you know catch bullets with his teeth and then at the end of the movie when uh um <clears throat> gosh i forgot his name eddie arcadia i think his name uh which is a terrible name is <laughs> like forget all this kung fu mess you know nothing like a gun and he shoots him boom thinks he's dead he gets up and he's smiling he got the teeth and the shines and everything. Got he the... caught the bullet with his teeth. Well, you know what? Uh, Wesley basically was raised from the dead. So, I I don't know. I think that's cooler, personally. I know he wasn't completely dead. He was only mostly dead. But 
It is close. I do. That's probably my favorite scene in The Princess Bride is the Miracle Pill scene. That's good stuff. And uh, what's his name? Billy Crystal. It's a small role, but he knocks it out of the park. Um, Billy Crystal, yes. Not really clean up there. We'll just get our last, our last barbs, our last <laughs> yeah, barbs. Yeah. <laughs> our last, uh, our last Avatar episode. I don't remember that well. Other than that, it was a two-parter. Um, I want to say it was Bato and yeah. the Fortune Teller. Is that? Uh, no, it that was one before. I think this one was um, John John. Oh, well, Bato the and the Deserter. That's right. Okay. So yeah, those are yeah, pretty good, clean episodes. We didn't love uh, we didn't love the Bato episode, but we did love the Deserter episode. Yeah. Go watch our episode of that. Quick plug, and then the synopsis. Hey, that was a synopsis. The last episode we saw was with Zhang Zhang the Deserter <laughs> and uh, Aang's trying to get this fire this former firebending high ranking official to teach him how to firebend. And long story short, he decides he's never going to firebend again at a very inopportune time. <laughs> So they start heading north towards the North Pole, which brings us to our current episode called the Northern Air Temple. So, Chris, I'm going to let you take it from here. All right. So, uh, Aang, Katara, and Sokka are listening to some stories at, at this campfire that apparently a lot of people go to. Like, I don't know, a lot of people met up. And this old man is telling stories about airbenders and and how they glide through the air. They fly through the air and everything. And he calls them and something the, else, and I don't Aang, remember what it is. Because uh, he doesn't call them airbenders. Cloudwalker, maybe skywalkers yeah, or airwalkers or something like that. Yeah, uh, I don't think it was skywalkers. Wouldn't that be hilarious <laughs> though? Um, it was uh, something different that didn't give away that it was airbenders. Like Aang had to interpret that it was airbenders and misinterpret in this case. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't remember what it was. I don't remember either. Um, but it does. The story does make Aang feel good. Like. Gives him a more of a sense of pride of being an airbender and makes him remember all of them. And he goes to him and gives the guy his his thanks. And then he says, "Oh man, your grandpa must have been like, or whoever must have been like, you know, hundred years old or something, or it must have been a long time ago." And he's like, "No, grandpappy saw them yesterday or something." <laughs> and then he's back there and he waves. This is insane looking old yeah, yeah. man. It's, yeah, it's a good scene. Good. Uh, so then they go, they go. Yeah, they go exploring the Northern Air Temple, and they find they do seemingly seems like to Katara and Saka's eyes that there are airbenders there. There are people flying on gliders. Um, but Aang can tell even from you know a huge distance away that no, they're not flying; they're just gliding. Um, and so you come to find out that some refugees has come to the temple, and they've pretty much remodeled the whole freaking thing and the temple is all remodeled like it's all like gas pipes and everything just going throughout all the walls um so the temple used to be you know a spiritual place where the airbenders had you know uh, their statues and hieroglyphics and stuff and to Aang like this is his culture like this is technology just getting in the way of his culture he absolutely hates it like he says the line oh I forget we meet the we meet the kid, Aang and him, uh, have a dance-off, if you will. Now they have an air battle. Or <laughs> pretty much a dance-off of the It's air. a sky dance-off. Yeah, it's a sky dance-off. And, uh, and you meet Teo, who is uh, in a wheelchair, which this show does a great job of showing um, people with 
disability, shown all kinds of people and how it's not a disability at all. They're just, you know, unique in that sense. Um, but he's also great in the air and, and he kind of shows him around and like, yeah, Aang is just kind of really mad and upset. Understandably so. Like, I understand Aang's angst at all of this. It sounds like pun. Aang's angst. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you kind of you feel bad for Aang because, especially when he sees up there people flying, mm-hmm. like that's sort of the first impression of how it feels like something being taken away. Like I'm I'm the Airbender, I'm supposed yeah. to fly. These people up there aren't. Uh, so it's a good lead into an episode where it feels like he's having very important things taken away from him. Yes, yeah, not, and these people are refugees, and I think it makes like Aang can't himself can't feel entirely bad about it because he comes to find out uh, the father who kind of is the head of this whole refugee because he's the the mechanic the mechanist who makes all of these machines and he makes all of these air gliders like he says like yeah we're refugees and and we're here and we found this wonderful place and we thought we could make it our home like what else was this temple being used for so like it's great that they like you can't argue with them being in the temple. They can make the comparison to the hermit crab, and that's kind of or well, they don't compare it yet. I'm sorry, they just pick a hermit crab <laughs> up because uh, Katara is trying to make him feel better, and it's kind of touching. She just points out that the creatures living there now are the same creatures that have been living there for a hundred years, and so she's just trying to help him mm-hmm. feel like, hey, there's still a lot of the things that you knew and love. The foundation is still here, and it's being put to good use. So that's kind of a touching scene as well. Yeah. Interesting thing about this temple is that it shows back up in Legend of Korra. And at that point, the refugees do, I feel like I'm spoiling the end of this, whatever. Uh, The refugees do move out. I don't know where they go to, but they're no longer there. The Air Nation, the newly Air Nation, where there's Air Acolytes, Air Air, Air Acolytes are Air Nomads who don't have air bending. Um, They just kind of watch over the watch over the property there you guys can live with us teach... but good luck trying to fly yeah and, and they teach their you know airbending philosophies and everything so um and then eventually the temple gets burned down so it's a spoiler alert but not for a long time people will have forgotten it by then yeah long yeah. time to go tell that spoiler and yeah. uh it's really sad the uh so the next scene though kind of highlights the first point in the episode, which you realize it's going to be a Sokka episode in a sense, or we're going to get some good Sokka development. And that's when the, the father, I forget his name, the father, the, the machinist, the mechanical yeah. genius behind all this shows Sokka, this room full of natural gas and explaining that a problem that they have is that they can't, it's very dangerous. Obviously it's highly flammable, <laughs> uh, but they can't ever tell when there's leaks and the first time he discovered there's a leak, he almost lost his eyebrows and stuff. <laughs> and so it's just a right yeah. away you can tell that Sokka's really engaged with this guy and uh, kind of two peas in a pod getting along very well. So mm-hmm. we're getting a Sokka episode. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, Sokka's yeah. Have a, had a pretty good run. Yeah, the past um, few. Very and my much roommate so. in college, my roommate in college, who was like a, I don't know, geology major or something. I don't know what you call those. Not geology. Oh, gosh, that sounds really like geology. Rocks, no, whatever, whatever major about rocks and yeah, earth and stuff. Yeah, you got okay, it. good. I don't feel stupid. <laughs> um, like, I think this was the episode that he started to fall in love with Avatar because he was like, 
that's a real thing like that's it's a real problem like they in real life <laughs> yeah like they actually and whenever they you know figure out how to deal with it which we can whatever i'll spoil right now um and how using like smells and everything to f- find odors is like yeah they do that in real life <laughs> so he really liked this episode nice yeah so uh after after that one thing to note there's no zuko in this episode I think just take a little little break be- before the things really ramp up. Yeah, not this um, one. Yeah, and I mean they're kind of just chilling out in the temple, and um, Teo teaches Katara how to fly, and Aang, you know, seeing it, experiencing it, experiencing Teo really having embodying the spirit of an Airbender, um, he really comes to like him and come around to him. So much so that he's willing to show him this room that they think is has never been touched before because it takes an airbender to open the door. Uh, so then they go there, Aang opens up the door, and you find out that there's just saw red, <laughs> uh, which was a good contrast to the outside. And and uh, you find out that the the machinist is making weapons for the Fire Nation. Yeah, so he doesn't uh, he doesn't open it up. Right at first, but it's like a scene later where a little extra trust built, and he's like, uh, "Hey, Teo, if you want me to, I'll open the door. I'll show you this room." And uh, it is really sharp contrast when he opens the door, and I can remember like the first time I saw this episode. That's the last thing I expect. You know, I I kind of thought maybe it would be destroyed, and there'd be like Fire Nation garb or something in there, sort of uh, like he found in his own air temple, something like that. But I didn't Uh expect to see like a like a working war balloon in there. So that was, yeah. kind of, I don't want to say kind of cool, but it was, it was very exciting and anxiety building, like a good, a good scene like that should be. What's interesting about that is that, so in the fire nation, all the fire Lords have like these portraits of them and, in it, it kind of shows like what their reign as fire Lord was, <clears throat> what their reign as fire Lord, what made it important or what was significant. So, like, for Sozin, it shows him like this, and it shows Sozin's comet flying over because he used Sozin's comet to, uh, to, you know, to attack the airbenders. And then with Azulon, it showed, like, Navy ships and everything. And then with Fire Lord uh, Ozai, it showed, like, a bunch of, like, mechanisms and spoilers and stuff to show that he was pushing them technologically like I don't, I don't like what the Fire Lords did, but I'm like, man, they got a good way of like recording history. Yeah, it's a uh, like it's if that much was more our, concise. That was our presidents. Than... <laughs> <laughs> that was our presidents. Like George Washington, of course, would just be like, I don't know, just something. W- wooden America. teeth in a cherry tree. <laughs> and then... Yeah, Obama would just be like a dead Bin Laden at the bottom, <laughs> and and something about. Um, <laughs> And equal rights for gay people and stuff. It'll be a huge contrast. Those two things. It would but. be it would be kind of hilarious to try to go through and assign a, a hieroglyphic, isn't in a sense, to each president, and probably and then, controversial. And then Clinton, Clinton would be like, oh no, a saxophone and a and dress intern with stains on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we could have some fun uh. with that. Um, at least I'm equal to opportunity digging at people. <laughs> no, I actually, I gotta be honest. Uh, I did not notice. Uh, I did not notice that. I will keep my eyes open next time. I had not paid any attention to that. Yeah. It's a cool. You won't, you won't notice until, 
until like season three, episode five. I will keep no, my episode eyes six. open because I certainly did not notice that on the first run through. So uh, yeah, in so in the <laughs> inner chamber, we see the big war balloon, and then they find out that the Fire Nation. He's been making weapons for the Fire Nation just to try to keep his family and people safe. And then that they're probably on their way right now to to come get the next I don't want to say shipment the next batch of ideas <laughs> I don't know what else yeah, to call it like schematics the next I think schematics. schematics maybe yeah something like that that's a good word but they're on their way like ASAP so first of some minor issues that I have with this episode is that like hey they're just conveniently coming like immediately it's like a minute later where they show up so um yeah, yeah. not my i got some complaints this episode in that line but I'll, I'll get to those later um but then we get to so they show up the is this general or this high-ranking official he's nobody good it's not like uh you know it's not like george to care like that <laughs> it's funny because he shows up again in the show <laughs> oh he does um I, I think he must be yeah i think he must be uh he shows up in Dave Blackson, part two, I think. Pretty much when they're running down the hall, he's like, Fire Lord is this way and this way and this way. <laughs> and then he goes about his business. Um, I think he must be like the Fire Lord's like right-hand man. When it, he must be like his his uh, secretary of, of technology, of, <laughs> he's of military technology. Tech. Love it. Like I said, he's, he's no George Takei. I'm going to feel bad if we look it up and it's like a really famous uh, voiceover person or something. But uh, to, to us, I do right? love how Aang, like, I do love how Aang interrupted that meeting and he sort of like pimp slapped him with airbending. He did. It was like, awesome. Uh, like slams the door shut and then that's got to be the last thing this guy's expecting to see when he goes into that room, right? Like, yeah. oh man, there's the, there's the avatar. I found him. I mean, I didn't mean to, but here yeah. he is. <laughs> voluntarily trapping himself in a room with me and then uh then ang slaps him the fire nation guy goes away and essentially says all right well we're gonna not he didn't say we're gonna kill you all but he kind of implies it like yeah, right, it's well, like we will burn down. this place down it'll be on your head yeah it's pretty graphic uh, which is which is ironic because they place does end up getting burnt down on his son's head yeah that's not fortunate at all but uh no no not really that's, <laughs> you re- that's a long ways in the for in the future foreshadowing though isn't it that's quite a ways out there you really you're thinking ahead today that's, i don't think that that's totally fine <laughs> with me i have no issues with that so but no i don't i don't remember how i worded it but it was kind of dark wording like it basically implied like all right well we're gonna kill you all yeah oh you know what's, what else was really dark when they find when teo finds out that his father's making these machines for the Fire Nation, I was like, I don't, you know, I can't believe you've been doing this. Like, you've been helping the Fire Nation murder, murder people. make machines that murder people. I was like, ooh, murder. Like, it, I don't it's... think I've ever heard the word murder in a Y7 show before. Like, how did they even get away with that? Yeah, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's just such got such heavy, dark implications. I'm a little surprised myself. Like, yeah, like it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, the airbenders are gone because the Fire Nation wiped them out. Something about like that, saying we killed them it, or wiped them, even killed them though, I think, just doesn't sound as bad as we murdered them. This sounds so. I think, I think yeah, I think murder. Sound, one thing murder is all about like intent and 
and guiltiness. Like, you know, you, a cop. Oh, no. Uh, Bad example. Soldier can, Try again. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, a, a soldier can kill a terrorist. That's not murder. He's protecting people in that case. And, and, and to be honest, to be fair, some cops do kill people in the right manner. Uh, most cops, I would like to believe, do when they do kill people. Um, right, we, but uh, there, but, there but feels that, like an, an intent or a premeditative difference, though. Yeah, murder, between... murder's like I am being evil, and I am, or maybe not evil, but I have malicious intent, and I'm there to kill you. Here's a like, here's one thing I hate. Example. Somebody somebody breaks into your house, threatens you and the family. And not saying that you would kill them, but like like you kill them. You don't murder yeah. them. Like you didn't Exactly. I don't know. You're just, not on trial for murder. Yeah. You, you never just, will be charged with murder. You're just on trial for would that be manslaughter? I love that skit. Um, Wouldn't be on trial for manslaughter. Yeah, just manslaughter, I guess. Which also sounds yeah. bad, but whatever. Uh the point is it's just it's very dark <laughs> language and kind of a dark yeah. F people die in this episode. Not explicitly but you can't tell me that in some of these, some of this fight scene, that a lot of people don't die. Several points. Uh, like I said, they don't like call it out or anything. There's not like a body count at the end, but maybe I should have taken one. Like this is how many people I think died in this episode. <laughs> oh, Angus definitely killed some people. Well, he definitely does in this episode. He kills people. I think. Uh, maybe. Well, I don't know. We can discuss it more. But we're kind of to that scene. Like this. Is, <laughs> This is sort of the battle scene because the Fire Nation guy leaves and says we're going to kill you. And then it's like, to us, it's like two minutes later. Now, in real time, <laughs> they don't do a very good job of showing like what kind of passage of time it is. We don't know if it's you know, yeah. the next day or anything. In our time, it feels like it's the next minute and they're being attacked yes. by, by yes. Fire Nation forces coming up the side of the mountain with these tanks. But first, there's foot soldiers going up the mountain. So Aang just like flat out blows an avalanche on top of a bunch of them. There's no way those people aren't trapped or frozen or dead or falling down a mountain. And there's got to be like 10, 15 or showing on screen. They're dropping giant balls of like slime directly on people. Um, like if those people fall out the mountain, those people are dead. <laughs> I should have taken a body nah, slime, count. You're good with slime. If they fall off the mountain, they're dead. I don't know if the slime got any off the mountain. I'm going to say the avalanche definitely killed people. I think like there are people knocked off the mountain. And then uh, the, the tanks are pretty cool. These tanks throw like grappling hooks kind of over the side of the cliff and they're pulling themselves up vertically. And so they're having a hard time taking the tanks out. Uh, but this, this is great. I don't know if you can tell. I love this whole fight scene. This whole It's not a fight scene, war scene, a battle scene. And so they use bending to like flip the tanks over, but then sort of the cockpit of the tank just rotates. And apparently mm -hmm. that was an yeah, invention. Yeah, of Teo's dad, and that's pretty cool. And so then they have to find other means to destroy it. So uh, Katara ends up using some of the water inside of the tanks that it uses as part of like a whatever mechanism helps it re recenter like that. She uses that and kind of freezes it and tears tanks apart. It's just a really cool fight scene. There's a lot of inventive ways that they get rid of these tanks, and then uh, and then they're kind of on their last limbs. They're running out of ammo. And then uh, Sokka and the guy, the machinist, I don't know, we got to find out his name, shows up in this, in this uh, the war balloon that they were showing earlier in the, in the inner chamber, the war balloon that they had taken out of that and that Sokka had helped fix. Sokka helps fix a few things in this episode. 
And they start dropping these yeah. giant balls of slime. Smelly, smelly slime, apparently. Stink is one of the weapons at his disposal. And uh, taking out tanks one by one as much as they can. And they're still be overwhelmed. You can jump in and cut me off whenever. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep describing this fight scene. <laughs> I call it a fight scene. It's not a fight scene. It's a battle scene. And the war balloon comes. And this is another part where people die. They have to. Uh, is that they're out of every kind of every kind of ammo. And then all of a sudden, Sokka's like, what's that smell? I smell rotten eggs. And they point down to this sort of gorge in the side of the mountain. And they discover that's where the natural gas is leaking out. So Sokka takes the <laughs> the furnace from this war balloon and he just dumps it into that gorge and it causes an insane explosion that I refuse to believe does not oh. kill anybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how... I don't know much about physics in the world of Avatar, but I feel like there is a good chance that whole mountain, that there should have been some like quakes and a collapsing northern mm-hmm. air temple. Yeah. Like It was a gutsy move to dump that furnace down there and it causes a huge explosion. And then all the Fire Nation retreat because they're all dead. They're not all dead, but I think they're all dead. And <laughs> this is a very exciting, very exciting scene that probably lasts a good five to eight minutes, which doesn't sound substantial until you consider that it's only a 22-minute episode. And you're getting a good, like I said, five to eight minutes, give or take, of, of pretty intense back-and-forth battle. And then the Fire Nation <laughs> retreats, and it's very exciting. And there's no body count afterwards, and that's disappointing, but whatever uh yeah and then so you know finally retreats they're all happy and excited there i do feel like there's a cheesy line of like of Sokka being like you're right ang with air power we can win and they're all like yeah, yeah. if we control the like, skies we can win it's very it's yeah. really awkward it, it is awkward yeah. and they never really you know pay that back later it never comes back to that the only reason um, it even is present here is because of the next scene when the fire, like, yes, we're which gonna is control a, the skies. Which I'll, I've always loved this scene for some reason. Like, I think I just love the line of, "This defeat will lead to many, many victories." It's a much so they, they discover the war balloon. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, don't, you, you can get it more cringy being like, "Now we have the air. <laughs> <laughs> we control the skies." <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, they discover the war balloon though, and that's bad because they're firebenders, so they're pretty good at, uh, you know, controlling heat and making balloons go up and down as it is. And so it is a good. Yeah, it's so like they're perfectly suited to uh, for these machines to control the skies via war balloon. <laughs> yeah, I'm still taking you know airbenders in the air over war balloons, but it's a good start. And then the whole episode wraps up with a nice scene where, Aang... It's sort of like a forgiveness closure kind of scene. Aang picks up the hermit crab, and he's kind of deciding, you know what, it's okay that they're here, and I understand because it's like this hermit crab who finds an empty shell and makes it his home or something like that. Uh, makes it useful again yeah. and makes it his home. So it's kind of a touching scene. Nice way to wrap up the episode. Uh, before we go to ratings... Very reminiscent of oh, the... Sorry, very reminiscent of the acorn, of the acorn and, um, and the winter solstice part one. Yeah. With hey bye. Only only uh, better with a hermit crab because I used to have hermit crabs, so I have a soft spot in here. I don't have a soft spot for acorns. They're fine. They okay. uh before <laughs> we get to ratings, I have a couple of things I need to discuss about this episode. And the first is that you kinda mentioned it. Avatar all the time, not just this episode, 
is really bad at crowd noises. When crowds cheer, and when, uh, so like in the Jet episode, when everybody's cheering around the dinner, or in this episode when they're cheering yeah. when they're flying through the air, they, it sounds like there's thousands of people cheering, when in reality there's probably like four. And it does that all the time. And I just noticed that in epi- this episode. It's like, all their crowd noises are terrible. I'm going to call the creators and be like, you guys got to do like an HD version of these with better crowd noises. Um, minor detail. And then, but second of all, in my, my real complaint, and it's a minor complaint because I love this episode, which we will get to in a moment, is that this episode, it feels like it's like a calendar month but jam-packed into a single episode where there's no mention of the passing of time. So it feels like there's way too much in this episode. Like, everything moves way too fast. You don't have time to digest everything. It's almost like this episode, if you could have given it a little more impact and a little more sentiment, that it could have been stretched out into two episodes, maybe. That might be a stretch, but um, kind of a thing that kept running through my mind of this episode is, wow, things are moving real fast when it maybe didn't have to. That's my only thoughts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I uh, concur with... Uh, well, I mostly concur. Yeah. Well, I have nothing really to add. Well, I'll let you add in with your ratings. We'll just use that as our segue. Uh, so ratings for <laughs> the right. first. Uh, just a note, we will rate these two episodes separately. Uh, unlike two-part episodes, which we... I believe we decided we'll rate those as one. But in this case, we're going to rate separately. <clears throat> Oh, shoot, I'm sorry. Uh, so audiovisual, I gave it a seven and a half. Um, yeah, it was fine. There, there, was, there was a random scene between the mechanist and... Oh, yeah, and I looked up. He is just the mechanist. That is his name. He's, what a boring name. That's, all yeah. right, whatever. Like, well, yeah. His dad. That's, the only, that's I look, his name. I went to the, the wiki, and that's all that's underneath. <laughs> like, he's the mechanist. <laughs> that's it. And hundreds of thousands uh, of fans have seen that wiki. So I trust that wiki more than I trust any other source of information. Uh, sometimes I'm iffy on the wiki. <laughs> like, I, I, I need... Like, I, I'll go to the wiki first, and then I go to the... to the uh, rep, to the sources. And then if I look at the source, I'm like, no, that's not what that source said at all. <laughs> or this is... Like, one time I went to something, and it was just a loop... Like, it just went back, like, up to it. Or it would just go to, like, episode one of this season. I'm like, that, that didn't happen in that episode. Cite your sources uh, better, kids. Come on now. You can do better than this. Yeah. I'll get on the wiki. We'll start so, fixing some things for fun. I I tend to trust the creator commentaries and the actual things are in print or on the show. Um, there are some things you, I, I don't know if I can trust in print. Like, there's one, like, shadow bending is a thing in one of these books. But I'm not sure if that's canon or not. It doesn't seem like it should be. That sounds like some but... Peter Pan nonsense right there. I don't know where that came yeah. from. Which yeah, book is yeah. that in? Um, it Sh- is in... That's not even a substance. They're just making... Sh- it's just a ploy. They're making shadow puppets on the wall and just calling it shadow puppet. <clears throat> <laughs> shadow bending. It is in this uh, The Lost Adventures book. Interesting. I can pull it up real quick. Um... But yeah, just, oh, okay, yeah. Before, there was one thing that I really liked of uh, of when the mechanist and and Sokka is like looking through that peephole. For some reason, I really liked that visual. Don't know why. This is a good scene. You cover your mouth yeah. and your nose and your ears and all that stuff, and just 
expose your eyeballs to this natural gas, which probably doesn't actually hurt. Yeah, so I give that a seven and a half. For story, I also give it a seven and a half. I was very on seven and a half for some reason. You were. I don't know. Yes, I mean, the story, <laughs> the story um, you could do without. Well, actually, you can't really do without it because it play. It has huge ramifications for the future. I In just the think grand the... scheme of things, it doesn't feel all that important. It's not that you could just wipe it out, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, feel you can't wipe it. You need. Cool. I guess if the Fire Nation like showed up with big airships, would I question it all that much? Really? I was like, oh, they got some guy who. Uh... Somebody. <laughs> they, got some they figured who came it out. The like, they're like, hey, when you heat balloons, they float, and then they figured it out. <laughs> yeah. They really should have their yeah, own so scientists might not be that on this. But, I mean, the story was fine. The thing I do like about the story is that it kind of displays that war you know, often pushes technology forward. And so it's kind of a... Like, although technology brings about a lot of great things, but it comes from... It often can come from something terrible. And then on to memorable, also give it a seven and a half. I can honestly always do kind of, I don't necessarily look forward to this episode. I can sometimes do without it, but always watch it. That's yeah, interesting. And obviously that brings your total to a 7.5. A 7.5. Wait it however you want it, it's a seven and a half. Uh, well, Chris, <laughs> I love this episode. And aside from my complaint earlier, which is pretty serious, I like this episode to me is a few steps away from being one of my favorites. It's a few big steps, but it's like got most oh, of the wow. things that I look for in my favorite episodes. So audiovisual, I gave it an eight because there is a there's a lot of contrast in here. You get uh, you get uh, some Fire Nation colors. You get the, oh, the contrast of opening up those doors, and then you see the big war balloon in there. There's uh, there's some great action in the battle scene. It's not. It's maybe not as good as some of the best fight scene, but it is a great battle scene. I love seeing all the tech work. There's a lot of detail in this episode. So even to the point of like having the seal around the door where the natural gas is, or like the broken hieroglyphics on the wall and those sort of things. Uh, there's a lot of great sort of individual visual tidbits and musical or sounds in this episode. So um, not, not outstanding, but eight, it's good. Very good. even Story. Uh, I would have given it much higher other than my complaint earlier, which it just feels like there's too much put in here. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, maybe it doesn't feel that important, but as a standalone episode, this is a very exciting, fun, action-packed episode of Avatar. So I'd rank it higher if they found a way to to maybe trim out some of the fat, like trim out the, the first part with the airbender stories. Like, maybe I don't need that. Maybe I need more. They just go to the Northern Air Temple because they're there. Like, I don't believe that. Aang sees that they're close and they stop off. Whatever. Trim out some of the fat. Give me more detail in this story. Flesh things out a little more. Uh, because standalone, in my mind, this is one of those episodes where it's like, you want to see uh, see some good Avatar, you go watch this episode. It's very exciting. But I do have those complaints. That holds it back to an 8. And then memorable, I go 7.5 because I do occasionally forget about this episode. Um, so it is one of my favorites, but I think memorable comes into play here in the sense that in the since it doesn't have a huge impact in the grand scheme of things, those tend to be the memorable episodes, uh, and this one doesn't, but it's still good. So 
Again, very high on this episode, like a few steps away from it being among my favorites. As it is 7.9, that's probably upper upper half. It's maybe maybe close to upper echelon, but it's upper half for sure. And that gave us an average of 7.7. That's a good episode. Nothing wrong with 7.7. That's a good score. And that brings If you want to know about the shadow bender that I, I was talking about. Um uh, there it is. That uh, that just seems more like like hocus pocus than bending to me, like like trickery of yeah. some type. What is what's a what does shadow bending do? That's. Uh, I, I have a feeling that this is not canon because there's a lot of short stories in here, and it breaks it up between book one, two, and three. Huh. Then there's two other stories, and they're just like bonus stories, but they're in the end. <laughs> they, yeah. They're just like eh. I... They're just bonus stories. Also, because in the story, you're trying to recruit people. And they're like, oh, here's Anali, the Shadowbender. And then here's this one kid who has a special earthbending of just sneaking attack. And then one kid has a dragon made of rocks. And then one kid's power is that he can bend cookie dough. So, uh, so yeah, wow. I'm going to say not canon. That what? Does it have a Nickelodeon <laughs> look? Like, does it have the Nickelodeon stamp on it anywhere? Well, it's in this book. This book is is you know, it's a legit does, avatar book does the book have nickelodeon or viacom labeled on it anyway oh yeah i'm huh. pretty sure it does i mean every, i mean things in this book is yeah nickelodeon huh well interesting i think just i think just a random story they probably didn't sign off on it they're just like yeah you can make the book it's fine <laughs> yeah just put it in the bonus stories well they signed off on this book like things in this book is like I, I don't find any contradictions with it, except for yeah I don't really find I don't find any contradictions for it. Actually, there's some really cool stories in here. Uh, speaking of cool stories, nice segue by the way. Um, I posted <laughs> uh, this picture here of Legacy, which is one I believe you said you got for Christmas. That's your current one you're working on. Current one you're reading. I mean, is that, uh, is that accurate? Yeah, it's not a long. Yeah, and it's not like a. A uh, comic book. It is. It's just a book that that Aang wrote to to uh, Tenzin, his son, just to tell him about his culture and his story and everything. Um, so like, there, there's just like some neat stuff in here. Like, it's pretty much all Aang's perspective. So here's, you know, the crew. It's Aang talking about them. Then like we saw about Katara. He says. Your mother, Katara, grew up as the sole waterbender in the Southern Water Tribe after her mother was lost in a Fire Nation raid and so-and-so and so-and-so. So he just kind of gives his perspective on it. I haven't read it all yet, but uh, it's pretty interesting. There's a couple of good tidbits. A couple of things that... Sorry for the many battles in this human. What's the son who's going to die in that battle? Oh, anyway, now I'm just reading stuff. <laughs> but there's like a there's like a card, you know, like a oh, I can actually use this as a as a card. There's like a I forget what you call these small cards. I don't like a postcard, postcard type thing. Yeah, there's a postcard from the Fire Nation Royal Palace. Interesting. So has a lot of those like small interesting things in here. How is mail delivered in the world of Avatar? Is it like carrier? two-part animal thing 
<laughs> Carrier Devon. And then there's one. Yeah, there's one that says uh, "Greetings from Ba Sing Se." Nice. Oh, those Another are kind of cute. Card. It's like a just a, it's a journal slash book to his son slash kind of a uh, like a baby's first book. Like this is all the things that I need my son to see in the future. Very nice. Yeah, no, it's really good, really nice book. It's fairly cheap too. My wife bought bought this for me for Christmas, so she did do well in this department. Yeah, you probably owe her an apology. Not that she's gonna listen <laughs> to this, but if she did, <laughs> hey. That looks like well, an interesting book. I did not get anything related to Avatar for Christmas, except the Le I did get the Legend of Korra DVD set, but that was kind of an early Christmas present, so I already had that a while back. And I do look forward to reading some of the books and stuff. I've been, again, once football season winds down, I get pretty bored, uh, so it's time to find my next thing. Maybe I'll start reading. I'm not as interested maybe in the comic books, like I will read them at some point, I'd be more interested in the larger pieces of literature like that that you had there. That is Legacy, oh. and that is our intuition. I'm very excited for the Kyoshi book that, when it comes out. I am as well. And did you say that was actually going to be a multiple book series, like a two- or three-part series? I think so. Two-part? Probably. Yeah. Like I, Something about yeah, reading not, a book not, is yeah. a little more appealing to me uh, for soaking up this kind of stuff, but that's just personal preference. That's our intermission. Let's move on to the next episode mm -hmm. then. We just needed a break from analyzing <laughs> to the water bending masters. So All right, they they've the left water... the northern air temple, and they are in the North Pole, North Pole area. <laughs> I, I guess it's the North Pole. Is it a pole? Whatever. They're they're far north, trying to find the water bending <laughs> tribe. Yeah, so they find them, and then they capture them, and then they <laughs> they uh, eventually let them. They escort them to the water tribe, and you can see just how the northern water tribe is so massive compared to the uh, southern water tribe. And listening to the, the commentary on it, like you know, they mentioned like, oh, we didn't get a chance to really explore this in this in this episode, but we want to show that the Fire Nation sort of completely wiped out the culture of the southern water tribe and almost made it extinct. Well, they didn't have a opportunity to do that to the Northern Water Tribe because I don't know just the train was a little more harder and stuff like that. Yeah, and they, they also mentioned they that kind of make really... that point. They don't get to explore it a bunch, but it's kind of hit in there. Yeah, yeah. They also mentioned that uh, that they really liked <laughs> the water from it. Like they liked that the uh, the water in the city itself. They kind of made it seem like it was like veins in the body. That's kind of cool. I didn't think about that. It's a very glamorous city. It's big, has sort of a, a palatial feel to it. Very, uh, just big and mm. detailed and, and glamorous. I can't think of another word for it. It looks good. Yeah. So they meet there and they have a nice little feast. And I, I like this feast and this celebration a lot more than Jets. <laughs> um, Less cringy. <laughs> oh, it's just. It's just, it's just very grand. Like, the chief is there. He's like, and we welcome our brother and sister from the Southern Water Tribe. Like, things just feel, yeah, like I said, it just feels a lot more grand to it. Like, this is their destination that they finally got to after this whole season. That's true. It is the culmination and then of the Sokka, entire journey to this point. Yeah. And Sokka gets uh, infatuated with a uh, Princess Yue. 
Like quickly effatuated. Immediately, with her. yeah. Yeah. He's bad at picking up chicks though. So and then, that's somehow yeah, and, and at the and then at the celebration, like he's like flirting with her. Well, no, in this case it's not flirting. I think he was just like talking. He's just pulling out his you know, throwing out the feelers there. And uh, and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm like a prince where I'm from <laughs> and the Katara is completely like cockblock. I'm like, What are you the prince of? I'm uh, you know, he just they argue with it. And then she's just like, I'm sorry. Prince Sokka. <laughs> like, that's just some good brother sister. Um, it's what like, I would have done there. in her situation. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to Zhao. And what, what exactly happens with Zhao in this part? They So, in this part, they just show Zhao kind of coming aboard Suko's ship and saying that we're going to take all of your troops uh, because we need a massive invasion the north pole or the northern water tribe i keep saying the north pole they ever even say the north pole i don't think so but he just says they need a massive invasion uh, because it's such difficult terrain that they haven't been able to crack and that's his uh that's his rationale for taking zuko's troops to find the avatar in the northern water tribe that's really all but they give a lot of good exposition in here although while he's there he's in zuko's room and he notices the two broadswords and like he quickly realizes like like I, I love that he puts it together in his head of like wait these are two broadswords if anyone has anything to gain from me not capturing the avatar it is Zuko because Zuko needs to capture him he does do it the, very uh, well and then Zuko plays it off really well though too Zuko's a good liar no yeah it was it was, it was a quick good lie like, very smooth and he's like I didn't know you were skilled with broadswords for Zuko he's like no they're antiques decoration only like they're hanging on a door. Like you immediately, <laughs> you a yeah. hole. Yeah, does it look like I use? That was like the perfect lie. It was it was immediate and it made sense. That's how you lie. It is. It was well done. Good job, Zuko. Yeah. So, uh, it's really interesting short, that quick the, scene, but uh, an important one in a couple of sentences. Sentences. Uh, the uh, so I listened to commentary. I watched the episode twice in the in like three hours ago. One just watching it, then one with the commentary on it. Um, also, I have rebought the whole entire season again on DVD, <laughs> so I can get more commentary. The thing is, I still think there's episodes missing without commentary. Anyway, they're out there. Oh, somewhere. Or I'm just crazy. They're out there. No, you you dreamt them. That's how big a fan you are. Um, you dreamt. You dreamt producer commentary <laughs> of commentary. <laughs> Um, it's like the creators speak mentioned Spanish. Like, speak Spanish, you start dreaming in Spanish. You've just done that in the cinema world. <laughs> well, the, uh, the the creators mentioned that like Zhao and Zuko are vying for the same thing. Not only is it the Avatar, but they're vying for the attention of the Fire Lord. And I never looked at Zhao that way, like as if he's like kind of this also this forgotten child of like. No, I need the attention of the Fire Lord type of deal, which makes sense because, or like, I want to make the Fire Lord proud. I want to, I want to, I want to um, please him and everything and look good for him, which makes sense because when he captured the Avatar, he was like, oh yeah, send all these glowing testimonies of me to the Fire Lord and <laughs> and everything. It makes sense because he's just doing it to climb the ladder. He's a, he's a corporate firebender. That's what he is. Yeah. So he still needs it, but in a brown nosy kind of way. Yeah. Uh, and then we come to find out, so Aang and Katara 
are there to get firebending, not firebending, waterbending lessons from Master Paku, and come to realize, you know, Master Paku's pretty much a jerk about this. He's like, oh, you didn't tell me your friend was a girl. We don't train girls here in, in fighting and waterbending. And yeah, it pisses Katara off, which is great. Real bad, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> she lets it fly. Aang, Aang, rightfully so, you know, is like, no, I'm not going to teach under you. And then Katara's like, no. Like, she puts her her frustration aside and says, you had to learn water bending. And then it, uh, so it's not just they won't teach them. I think it's a step further because, like, no, women are healers. Like, it's not just they won't teach women. It's like, no, women have a role. It's over here. Yeah. <laughs> you go over in that building and talk with these old ladies. Yeah, it's like telling a woman, you can only be a nurse. You can't be a cop. Right. It's not saying you can't be a cop. It's like, you can only be a nurse. That's it. You, nothing else. Yeah. So that, to me, that seems worse. Maybe it's, maybe I'm blowing it out of the water there, but. Uh, she she loses her temper real good, uh, but then she goes into the tent where the where they're teaching healing essentially, and she meets a lady that knows her grand grand. So it's kind of cute. Something good happens. Yeah, connects with her grand grand. Yeah, because well, and this conversation starts off weird because the lady, uh, I've got her name. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, she's like, oh, who's who's the lucky boy? And then Katara's like, what are you talking about? And also in the in the eyes of the viewer, the viewer doesn't know this either. And she was like, oh, you're betrothal necklace. Like, you're, you're engaged to be married, aren't you? And Katara's like, oh, no, I'm too young. And then she's like, oh, I know that necklace. Like, that necklace belonged to my friend uh, named... Com- com- Gosh, I don't know. Kama? Kana? Kana? That sounds right. Yeah, Kana. Let's go with that one. <laughs> no, I think um, that's so Yeah, so that right. kind of connects... That connects, you know, Katara even more to her grandmother and everything. Yeah, and that's just, uh, I think it makes her feel a little more at home after she just about blew up. But then we get to the next scene, which is very exciting, because uh, Com- Commander Zhao or Admiral Zhao, or whatever he is, I don't know what he is. General Zhao? I don't know what he is. He's an admiral. Admiral Zhao. He happens to uh, be talking with these pirates who Aang uh, made angry earlier this season, and he essentially... And Zuko. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, and Zuko. Uh, we get real dark in these two episodes. Xiao's trying to have these pirates kill Zuko. So not just like, hey, I need yes. to capture the Avatar first. Like, no, just kill this kid for me, please. Yeah, I know that yeah, we're both exactly. working towards the same end goal, but I can't have him around. I need to murder this 16-year-old kid who's the son of the guy who I'm really sorry. trying to impress. Not kill. Murder. The thing is, they need to care. murder him. Yeah. It's totally different. <laughs> And so there again, it's a very short scene, but it's very all cool with it. <laughs> very impactful. Um, I kind of lumped it all together here in this step where they they sneak on the ship when Iroh's out for a walk, and they put uh-huh. plastic jelly all over, and they blow up a ship, and Zuko is presumably dead. We don't see him escape, but later in the episode we find out he's not dead. Uh, but we don't see him escape. We do see him well, see we the do... creepy lizard parrot thing. Yes, and if you watch the episode, you do see him creating a fire bubble, a barrier, will, kind like of a thing fire shield. Him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and then uh, the, he kind of gets blown out of the window you and can onto sort of see the shell probably into the, the water. Window. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, the creator is really, and one thing I really like the animation in this because it's, you know, they said that they want to do it a lot like, like a live action movie would be from like different angles and everything, and and just like showing different takes of it, um, in which I think that was done really it did. really well, it was especially kind of, from the it was kind of snappy, but it was very nice. Snappy as in like it was very fast cuts, but in an action movie kind of way. Yeah. So then we. Cut um, back one thing to... before, one thing that made me laugh, one thing that made me laugh before that. So, Iroh comes to the Zuko's room. He's like, "It's a very." And he's trying to kind of cheer him up. He's like, "It's a very nice day for a walk. Would you like to join me? Or stay in your room and lay in the dark? I just want you to do whatever, whatever you want to do. Whatever makes you happy. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever makes you happy. That's <laughs> more. Yeah, that's more like cool grandpa. For that reason, I love that. Uh, for some reason, I really love that. It's, that scene. It's cool, Grandpa stuff to say. Like, I know he's Uncle Iroh, but that's like that's what my grandma like. Hey, you should go outside and play, or you can sit there on the floor and play your Game Boy, whatever makes you happy. Like that's Grandma talk right there. It's good stuff. And then we cut back to the Northern yeah. Water Tribe, where Sokka is trying to make good on this date that he set up. Yeah, just I like I like how he's. It's a good pickup line, like, hey, do you want to do activities? The thing is, that activities is so freaking vague. It sounds kind of dirty when he says it, honestly. He's like, you want to do an activity? Like, what kind of activity you got in mind, son? She's like, listen, I got a ring on it. I can't be doing these activities. (laughs) That's basically what happens on the bridge. No, actually, she doesn't. uh... Is that there where he finds out? Or is that later? Yes. It's there. (laughs) It's on the bridge, yes. Got it. No, see, I think he runs away, and then he's confused. Or she runs away, and then he's confused. And they're sitting in wherever they're staying, the hotel or somebody's house. And he's trying to explain to them, like, one minute she's all over me, and the next minute uh, she's running away from me. Which is... He doesn't know yet. Yeah, so they they do that activity together. She's, like, cuddling up to him and stuff and laughing at his stupid jokes. I guess that's what girls do. (laughs) <laughs> Birds and the bees talk right here. That's how girls do it. They laugh at your jokes. <laughs> Even especially when they're not funny. Um, but then she like runs away from him. And there's a great scene of like and Katara and Sokka all being miserable at the same time. Oh, that's And he's like, uh, Princess Yue. And then and Katara's like, uh, Master Paku, she won't he won't teach me. And then Sokka's like, Well, why don't you just get why don't you just get Aang to teach you? Okay, so when I watch this with the commentary on, the creators is like, you know what I really love about this scene? So Katara's standing up, trying to like figure out what to do. And they're like, I really love that Momo is really paying attention to her as if he's really listening. <laughs> and so if you watch that, Momo has his eyes straight on Katara, just like looking at her. Like as when you're talking he's like following to the along. dog, and, it, and the dog feels like he's yeah. chiming in. I know that look. Yeah, so that made that seem like way funnier to me that I wouldn't have really noticed. I definitely otherwise. did not notice. That's fun stuff. Um, it, it is worth noting. Uh, first of all, they kiss on a bridge, and it's a decent kiss. It's not like a pet. It's a decent kiss. Uh, <laughs> but then, so yeah, Saka's like, well, "Why don't you just have Aang teach you?" And Katara's like, "That's genius." Then everybody will be happy. And he's like, yeah. "Well, I'm not happy." Um, <laughs> She's yeah. like, "You're always unhappy," and then that's it. They just leave, and I was like, "That, that's p- 
painfully true. That's how it's good burns are the true ones, and that one hits home. Yeah. So uh, no, I don't think he knows yet that she is betrothed. I think that's coming up. But uh, anyway, this is cool because then Master Paku <laughs> Ooh, sees. I love this part here, but Master Paku sees Aang teaching teaching her outside, and he, he says, Aang, I'm not teaching you anymore, and she explodes, and I think it's the next day. I don't think it's the same day. I could be wrong. It's the next day, I think and, it's they're the kind next of on, yeah, and they're kind yeah. of on trial in a way, like trying to make their case that Aang should still get waterbending lessons, and then she's like, what am I going to do? <laughs> and she just explodes, and she's like, I'll be outside uh, fight me if you're man enough or something like she just drops a line on him and it's amazing and we get to yeah. easily the best part of this episode in my opinion have a thing for oh. fight scenes yeah and it, you know everybody's yeah, opinion this is like, a decent this is, episode but this is this is the core here this episode took Katara from being like unsure like she grew so much in just these past couple of episodes like three episodes ago Katara could not do this type of water bending. No. And Katara's water bending I feel like often comes from her her emotion. Um well and even and, her and healing too. Like, like her is... healing probably kind of comes from her she's very compassionate, right? And that seems to flow together. It pushes it out and yeah. Uh, yeah. her water bending is fueled by her <laughs> horrifying rage. <laughs> but there's just some such great animation, such great fight choreography in this. Like the whole thing is done well. Uh, I think my favorite one is Katara, like, gets it, like, she gets pushed into the pool, and she raises, like, a cylinder, and she just, like, throws these discs at him. Yeah, she's it's very... It's really good. And he has to, like, movie time, slow motion, step out of the way of one yeah. trick style. That's good And stuff. then, like, one of them passes him by, and he sees his reflection in it. <laughs> like, that's it's done so good. That's important, because other than that, you you get the sense that he's in control the whole time. Like you don't feel like Katara's winning. Uh, yeah, but you feel like she. I feel like you feel like she has a chance at winning. Like okay, all right, Katara, just keep digging in there. Well, like, you're not winning now. Part, I but, think at that part, that's when the, that's when you feel that way. Like when he has to like sidestep. Like he almost dies. Yes. Uh, not that yeah, he would yeah. die. <laughs> uh, but that's the part where it kind of gives you up. Like hey, this is actually kind of serious because otherwise. You, I think you're supposed to feel like she's not in control, but she's fight like she is a fighter. She's gonna keep going until until she can't go. Yeah, anymore. that's a yeah. It's a really good point. Uh, the creators were gosh, just name dropping creators all day. Um, <laughs> they're like, yeah, this fight is to really show that like Master Paku is his. He's so much more skilled than Katara is. Like even his fighting style is more refined than hers and like when it comes to Katara's fighting like it's just all emotion it's just all more like a street fighter way more sloppy but it, you can still tell that she has a lot of power in her she's like a she's like a a rage a raging teenager button mashing on any fighting game but it's working yes, yeah <laughs> and that guy Paku actually has some kind of technique but uh, no I think they do a good job of translating yeah. what they need to here is that Paku is in control, yeah, it's but like, Katara being Katara. It's like when me and you play Super Smash Brothers, and I'm in control, and you're just, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Everybody likes Katara better <laughs> than Master Paku, so you tell yourself whatever you need to tell yourself. Hey, but on that note, our internet has more has more than supported uh, online play of Splatoon and Super Smash Brothers. This is very oh, off topic. Has you more you, you have online play? So we well, do, now I have to get it. We do now. I don't. Have I don't it. have it yet. 
uh, I splurged the twenty dollars for the whole year because I was feeling feeling saucy, and uh, my right. wife well, enjoyed some Splatoon. We're, I think it's because we're loading small Nintendo worlds instead of like giant Halo <laughs> worlds or battle royale uh, yeah. arenas or things. We're uh, like we're talking <laughs> Super Smash and Splatoon. These are small uh, cell shaded yeah. areas. So, but anyway, it works. Uh, Let's try that out later. Well, good good segue yeah, there maybe, though with maybe the, this weekend. Yeah, I can do that. With the fight, it'll snow on Saturday. We won't have anything better to do. Long story short, this is an amazing fight scene. Master Paku eventually does get the better of her, but like, he gives you the feel that there's a respect there. Like, yeah, I don't. He even says a few things I don't recall exactly. Yeah, but, he's like, like, you are, you are a, a skilled waterbender, and yeah. she's like, but you still want training. It's like, no, nope. Like, he is. <laughs> yeah. But this good. There's growth within the scene, and it's a great fight scene. Uh, she ends up on the losing end, but with no yeah, I mean, shame. And, and his attack, his attack is so great because he like lifts up a ball of water, turns it into ice. Mm-hmm. So you think, okay, he might just throw a ball of water on her, but no, he like splits it up into a bunch of like blades, and they all come crashing down on her. Like he is so skilled that he pinned her to the ground mid bend. In, yeah individual blades like he didn't i don't think he probably cut her at all like that's how freaking skilled this guy is he very specifically said i'm not going to hurt you and they i think they're <laughs> i think they did a very good job of saying of, of showing yeah, some like, of the kids how how precise and skilled <laughs> oh here more yeah, crowd noises the... in this one more bad cringy yeah. crowd noises and some of the kids think like one kid turned away thinking that he killed her very dark i'm telling you <laughs> like, no it's cool master paku like was two very two days ago controlled. two days ago it was like welcome our brother and sister to now we killed our sister we can... but thankfully her necklace falls off while she's still talking trash even though she's trapped yeah. and then uh he picks it up and uh, you know i'll let you take it from it's important stuff i'll let you hear yeah it. you kind of find out that he was the one that was engaged to uh grand grand but she ran away because she did not like to she did not like arranged marriages like she wanted to, to pick her own you know choose her own uh love of her life and to quote so Katara all these he stupid customs and laws her. i believe is what she said yeah she's pretty pointed about it oh <laughs> yeah so then right at that moment once he picks it up like <laughs> the creator says like oh yeah and right at that moment the ice melts because his heart melts at the same time. Oh, well, that's like cheap. they said. They said it jokingly, but like they're dead serious about it. Wait, if they got me going. I'm about to lose a tear right now. Yeah. I mean, that's deep. That's deep, deep like water. <laughs> and so then, um, uh, there's there's not too much left in the episode other than that yeah. they show that Zuko not only escaped the blast, but that he and Iroh kind of had this planned the whole time. Uh, well, I don't think they had planned that he would get killed. Almost, <laughs> I I don't know about that part, but they they we definitely all the next thing that we see really is is uh, Iro agreeing to go on this mission with Zhao, and then Iro runs into the a foot soldier out in the hallway that turns out to be Zuko, and they're essentially plotting mm-hmm. to use Zhao to get to the Avatar, and it gives you the feeling that like I don't, I I kind of felt like they sort of knew. Maybe they didn't know the explosion because Iroh's emotions seemed genuine earlier when he was worried about Zuko. But uh, that 
from that point on, like, they're getting back at him. Like, they at least knew that it was Zhao that did it, and they're going to play him yes. up and make this work. So let's Yeah, they definitely know that. So, again... I'm feeling they don't know that they didn't kill him, because at one point in a couple of episodes coming up, like, Zuko's angry at Zhao that he tried to have him killed. Yeah, so, and maybe not, because I said uh, Iroh's emotions but are like, genuine, too. Once, so. once Iroh finds Zuko, they then form that plan of, like, all right, you disguise yourself as a soldier, I'll go ahead with his plan and help him out, and, yeah, now our plan is going to success. He doesn't suspect a thing. He thinks you're dead. And they know that Zhao did it, for sure. So that's that's probably the biggest key takeaway there, is they yeah. on Zhao's tail, and now they're using him, and that's pretty funny. And then, at the end of the episode, you get this nice feel-good session where Aang shows up for his lesson and Haku says something like still waiting or just you or something like that and then Katara shows up and they're going to learn how to waterbend and that's exciting. So a very cute end to a very uh, (laughs) emotional episode I think in a couple of ways. So so when when, uh, Katara and Master Paku are fighting it's like morning time essentially and at the end of the fight Yue runs off (laughs) and then Aang says go get her. So... (laughs) But then you cut to the net scene and it's dark outside. <laughs> so when the creators were commenting on it, they're like, and it took Sokka all day to find her. <laughs> hey, it's a huge, it's a huge uh, castle yeah. or whatever it is. It's a huge community. Yeah. Just getting their point across more. And uh, with that, let's, uh, let's get to some ratings. Ratings number two here. All right. Uh, I have visual get a nine. I thought this episode did so many things. Well, um, I think it handled a lot of the Fire Nation scenes really well from the explosion to all the different cutscenes there is to um, just a lot of close-ups on Zuko's eyes, I think, in that, um, in those little parts. It was done really well. And, of course, the fight scene was done amazingly well. So 9 out of 10 on that. Story, gave an 8. Um, I think there's probably a little bit more build-up here. I mean, the story is a lot more focused on Katara but she has come such a long way from being that helpless girl in episode one. Like her character has come so far and, and just to reiterate the fact that Katara doesn't stand for, you know, any of that. Like this is a great girl power episode, but it's not that preachy. So yeah, it's just, the it's right just balance good empowering for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, and it's not nearly as like, girl powery as the worries of kiyoshi one even though that one's not all that bad either it's not but there's it's a not difference all that here. this one feels individually empowering as opposed to sort of yes. uh, pandering to a group yeah um and then memorable nine out of ten i love the fight um it's mostly the fight that i love like i just always have to watch that fight because it just completely displays how far katara has come like she wasn't a ba until this moment Get some real respect for her firepower right now. Yeah. Rounds out to a nice even eight and a half. That's a good that's a good yeah. solid episode. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts there? Oh, it's a it's a really good episode. I think that's gonna hit in uh, pretty pretty high up your list for season one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh two things for me. First, I was really harsh on this episode and I don't know why. I'm not like I like this episode. I don't have any problems. <laughs> But the thing number two is that I do have a theory. I'll wait till I get through my ratings to give my theory. So audiovisual, eight, is very good for all the reasons you mentioned. Uh, there's not a lot of diversity here. It's mostly just Water Tribe stuff. But what's there is very pretty. 
Not a lot of dynamic sounds or noises other than the fight scene. Uh, story. That there's not really a standalone story here. It's all sort of exposition buildup. It moves like it goes some places, but the story is standalone by itself. Not all that exciting, but there's a lot of important information here. And then memorable eight. If I could take one thing back, I think I would give memorable higher just because it's such an important episode uh, in the grand scheme of character development from from Zuko and Katara. A uh, little bit, a uh, little bit of Aang and Sokka, not to the same extent, but it's a very important episode. If I could take it back, I would definitely bump uh, my memorable up. But it's too late. It's in the PowerPoint. That's final. And that rounds it to a 7.6. And this brings me to my yeah, theory. See, I don't, like I said, this is a, that's probably mid, mid-tier mid episode for me. Uh, maybe slightly above mid. Um, I think my that's theory. Right. A lot of these that we're doing, that uh, a lot of these that we we do. Uh, kind of a flip-flop. A lot of episodes that we bunch up into one, one, into two episodes. Yeah, we flip-flop. Yeah, it is kind of funny, and I think like my theory kind of plays to that, and that's you tend to value a little more uh, the grander story, the the bigger picture, um, you know, see the whole season or all three seasons put together, and how things build and impact in that way. Uh, I have a much more narrow focus, for better or for worse. I'm not trying to chastise myself <laughs> or you or anything, but I have a much more huh, narrower focus way. of that. Like, uh, like the last episode was appealing to me because I felt like as a standalone episode. It was such a good exemplar of what Avatar is as a whole and why you should watch Avatar. So I, it's sort of a scope, maybe, I think means different things to us. And I think you prefer yeah. a, a larger scope, and I'm more of a smaller scope. No right or wrong there. I think that's just how we value things. But it's interesting. Uh, long story short, this one came out to an 8.1, which on our cumulative ratings is still very good. That's going to wind up very high on on our lists. And that's a good thing. And there's a lovely shot of Princess Iwe lovely looking cartoon lady uh way to go Sokka um but and she does come out in the end when Sokka finds her we kind of forgot to mention and say it's because it's not for the reasons you think it's because I'm engaged that's like at the very end of the episode kind of <laughs> after mm. after after I, Sokka think, looked for her all I think day. Sokka yeah I think Sokka says to her like but you don't love him do you and she says no but I love my country or I love my nation. Something, something like that. Yeah, very patriotic. Um, I loved it when he's like, yeah, you don't love me show. because you're a princess and I'm a peasant. <laughs> it's so broken <laughs> about it. I was like, God, that's the corniest thing I heard all day, Sokka. Yeah. And, they, and you know what? They do build this relationship up fairly well, I think. Like, yeah. I, I can believe that you become real smitten <laughs> real, you know, real quick and these, like, flirty things things you know that Sokka does and their reaction to each other like when you know when they met each other the day after the party and uh and she was like he was like oh you throw a good feast you know your father throws a good feast but uh it got pretty boring after you left and I was like that's oh that's a good one yeah, Sokka smooth, yeah I think it makes it so at first I'm like why does she care about Sokka like she doesn't you know she could do way better uh but it makes more sense when, I know, that sounds kind of mean. Hear me out. It, uh, it, it just didn't seem compatible at first with what little information we have on Iwe. But then when you meet her her betrothed later on, it makes more sense mm, that Sokka's yeah. kind of the the anti-him, <laughs> like the rebel against what, what I am promised to. Like, it makes more sense to me why she's attracted to him, at, to Sokka, yeah, at that point, I think. Uh, in this episode, it's like, Sokka, come on. You, you can do better than that guy. He's a peasant. <laughs> He's a lowly peasant. 
but long story short, yeah, nice. A uh, couple of feel good episodes, like a little, maybe more emotional, like uh, things. I don't know, things cranked up here in these past few episodes, or at least these two, compared to the previous handful. These two are sort of far more that emotional, <laughs> I guess. Not not sure what a good word would be, but things ramp up. We're getting exciting. Final yeah, thoughts. Yeah, was good. Yeah. Final thoughts. Any, it was uh, really good. Thing? It's it's a it's a very good introduction for uh, Princess Yue, who plays a big role later on. And I think without that, without this episode is actually now that I think about it, really important for Sokka to be connected with Yue because you can't force that in the next episode. Like that's not enough time. It had to start here, and that'll make more sense once yeah. we talk about the next episode. So, uh, so the schedule here. Next week is the 17th, and we will probably do a two-part episode, uh, but uh, two episodes that actually go together. Can you remind me of the names, Chris, uh, the name of the episode? It is The Siege of the North Part 1 and The Siege of the North Part 2. And it is the finale, the season finale of Book One Water. Some exciting stuff in the works. Thank you, Chris, for calling over. It was a pleasure, as always. <laughs> this has been episodes, what was it, 17, 16, and 17? 17, 18. 17 and 18. And then 19 and 20 will be next. Yes. Have a great week. Thanks for listening in. Uh, this has been Avatar The Last Podcasters. I'm Sean Taylor. That's Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek. And we will talk to you later.